0: Hey there, welcome to the Sasha Sterling podcast, exploring all that is sacred. So glad you're here. Let's jump in. Hello, hello. I'm so excited today to be talking with Heidi Easley. Hey, Heidi. Hey, how are you? I'm doing so good. So Heidi is a dear friend. We met in a business mastermind. It feels like lifetimes ago, but I think it was 2015 or something. And Heidi is someone that just always inspires me. I remember the first time I really saw you and knew we're going to be friends was you were telling one of your stories in front of the room and or on the side of the room and everyone was captivated. You're a natural storyteller. You are such a bright light. You go for anything that's important to you with your whole heart. And I just love that about you. So um, do you want to take a minute to introduce yourself for people who are just tuning in?
1: Yeah, well, don't make me cry at the beginning of this interview. <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah, I'm so happy that um, that we met and we have this friendship, you know. And I know it does in the entrepreneurial world. It seems like lifetimes ago because as an entrepreneur, it's just you know a lot of times you're just hustling and going and going. And um, but yeah, so I'm the owner of Texas Art and Soul. Um, And I teach um, people how to make money teaching paint parties. And so I run a membership where I basically am like the person who's giving a teacher lesson plans if they're a substitute. But I'm giving the on-trend paintings, the marketing and all the things they need to have a successful paint party business. So that's what I'm doing. Mm Yep, it's fun.
0: That's amazing, and you're very successful, very, very successful at what you do. And I know um, we have a lot of you know women tuning in who are entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs, or, you know, they have a, a passion project, they have a mission on their heart that they want to, you know, that they want to grow. And you've really cracked the code on online marketing. And um <laughs> I, yeah. for a little minute blip there, because like so many entrepreneurs, we get so excited about ideas for just a moment there, Heidi and I were going to launch this membership together called shoestring budget marketer, because yeah. we both have, um, You know, we have a lot of grit and really both were into guerrilla marketing and like how to create a result using like having a small amount of resources um, because we're both just so committed when we're committed to creating, you know, creating something. But um, anyway, I could go in so many different directions, but... You said something just a minute ago about like that you were like a teacher giving lessons plans. Yeah. Weren't you a teacher in a former career? <laughs> we <work in> <laughs> yes. Team,
1: right? Yes, I was a teacher for 10 years. And my first year teaching, I made $22,000 a year. And we ended up moving um, back to Texas from Florida, went bankrupt, lost everything, and had, um, I remember teaching in Texas, making $47,000 a year and thinking, It's, I'm never going to get ahead. Like, I just felt like I was never going to get ahead. So, and so there's a lot that has happened, but, but I was teaching paint parties on the side and that really, really kind of replaced my teaching income. And then I just started randomly having people ask me, like, how are you doing this? And, and I remember, you know, how you have people in your life, the ones that are the most closest to you are usually the ones that their words hurt the most. Like, (laughs) they say something and it's like that dagger to the heart. And I remember my mother-in-law, who I love so much. She's one of my best friends. She said, um, she said, Heidi, what if people stop coming to your paint parties? Mm. And I was just like, why? I mean, it had never crossed my mind. Like, why would somebody stop coming to my paint parties? And I remember just being like, that's just, a you know, a crazy, crazy question. And but it got me thinking and it got me really looking at, okay, what do millionaires do? And I just got on this quest to go, okay, I'm going to study. What do millionaires do? And, um, and I had no idea about the online world. I knew nothing other than like I was making money. I was making, you know, several thousand dollars in a night doing paint parties and this was awesome. It was replacing my teacher salary. And then, um, and then I came across where we had met through 2015. And I started learning this online world and it has opened up everything. And and especially in the past few years going through COVID, so thankful <laughs> I learned the online world because my paint parties legit stopped in person, just like all the people I teach. And so I was able to not only help my own family and and have that income, I was able to help thousands of these other people during this really, really trying time where they lost all of their income. And so it was it was kind of crazy that one comment she said and put me on this path to like financial independence and this crazy, crazy world of, of online marketing and funnels and learning all of this exciting stuff that I thought hurt my feelings. But actually, I always feel like it's God like placing people in your life to say the right thing at the the right time, you know, and I'm so glad she said it to me because it's it's changed everything.
0: Wow. Isn't that so, so amazing. Yeah. Sometimes the things that do hurt in the moment end up being the biggest, the biggest blessing and, um, you know, you're such a risk taker and it's something that I admire so much about you. And I, I also know it's such a success, a success, um, Habit. And so for the women tuning in right now who maybe are afraid of failing or what people might think if they go for that next dream or they put themselves out there in a new way. I know a lot of people, um, including myself, have changed. Like values have changed, circumstances have changed. And so, you know, being being able to reinvent, especially in our online space where it's like people, you know, we have our photos and videos of what we were, you know, recently. So how um how do you allow yourself to keep showing up and going for that dream and any other comments you have on that?
1: Oh my gosh. So risk taking, I think, I think if you're listening to this podcast, you are already a risk taker and um, because you're interested in this. And so I think the part that separates um, the ones that are going to be successful and the ones that are always going to hope and think about taking that step is just, really focusing on the possibilities of of what you can earn the possibilities of what's out there versus the lack so mm-hmm. i think a lot of times we um we tend to go well that person can do this or we see somebody online and we think that you know it just you know for them it just happened well there was a time you know, I remember my first Facebook lives back when Facebook lives first were happening in 2016. And it was only my mom, like literally only my mom was watching. And I would say hi, mom. And then I realized, wait, this is gonna be a replay. Like I remember calling her and be like, I can't keep saying hi because there's this replay thing. Like I didn't know how it worked, you know? And so I think it's just that um I always talk about business discipline for my um for people in my group. And I talk about how, you know, you gotta you got to get up and you still got to show up and you got to be the best at it. You know, like it's going to show. So all of those those hours and months of me being on Facebook lives where nobody was watching but my mom, I was able to start learning how to craft my story. I was learning how to speak. I was learning how to stay focused, you know, all of these different things. And so when I am on a bigger stage or now I just went live a minute ago and there's a hundred people watching and within a few hours, there's several thousand. It's like, okay, I know how to speak. I know how to sell. I know how to, um, you know, share a story in the middle of, of selling, you know, all of those things start to happen and i think that um we have to stop discounting the small beginnings because those are going to be the stories that that we share as as you keep taking risk as you keep making those mistakes um i know sasha could tell you as well as i can any any person you see that you you know is successful. There's a lot of people out there that pretend they're successful, but they're really not when you start to pull back the curtain. And mm-hmm. um, but when you really do find somebody that you know is successful, and they're failing all the time. All the time. And that's the, that's the big key here is like you've got to figure out how to, how to not let failure keep you down when you're when you're going through these motions because you're going to have the greatest idea in the world and it's going to fail. And then you got to be able to pick yourself back up and tweak it. It may just be a little tweak. And then now you've, you've hit the mark. So um, I had a whole business called the paintball, which is very similar to paint party headquarters. But it missed the mark and fell totally flat. And I thought it was going to be this huge hit. Um, and now we have paint party headquarters, which is, which is extremely successful. So it's just, it's just tweaking and changing. But, you know, if, if people see me online, they don't know that all of those tears and, and nights of, of worrying and crying and all of that happened. they just assume, oh, they're successful and it just happens. That's not, that's not truth, you know? So I think um, being a risk taker is part of this job. <laughs> you got to be comfortable with taking risk, and you got to be comfortable with failure, and um, because it's going to come more often than the successes will.
0: Mm, yeah, well said. Well said. Um, you you were speaking before we hit record about a documentary that you watched around, like once you know you you've broken through the, the, you know, the, the hard part <laughs> and, you know, could you speak into that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So I, I wrote it down. I'm, I'm such a nerd. I don't know if you watch documentaries and take notes, but I do. <laughs> I'm, spending, I'm like, here we like taking notes as I watch the documentary. Um, but she talked about, and um, post-traumatic broke syndrome and how, um, how, you know, especially in my background, coming from a bankruptcy and losing my house and actually driving my car back to a bank, you know, all of that shame and all of that fear and all of that sadness, you know, leading to depression. And, and I used art to heal. And that's actually how I started my first business was painting these little mini surfboards and selling them and and ended up um, realizing the power of entrepreneurship. But I think um what happens is as we start to get some traction, you know, as you start to grow your business, I think we, um, all of a sudden realize, like, wait, now we have money. Like it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel normal because we're, we're stuck in that post-traumatic broke syndrome. We're stuck in that like, okay, I'm, I'm very comfortable and scraping by like, and being scrappy because I'm used to that. And, um, and I was really, really struggling for a while. And I've, I went to my therapist because I am a firm believer in therapy. And I went to my therapist and I was like, I I am terrified. Like I'm terrified. I'm going to mess this up. Like this is more money than anybody in my family has ever seen. Like I, I am going to mess this up. And, um, and she said to me, which I'm so grateful for her. She said, um, you need to, it's, it's kind of like God's giving you this present you know, and she said, if a friend, you know, Sasha, if you gave me a present, would I be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sad you gave me that present. Like, no, I'd be like, thank you, Sasha, for this present. Like, that's so sweet of you. And that's so kind. And she said, um, she said, you've got to think about that is like, God's giving you these resources, you know, and, and to be grateful for them and thankful for them and figure out how to, to use them. And so, um, ever since then, now, when I see my bank account or I realize like, I don't have to struggle when I'm at the grocery store anymore. And I, I go, thank you, God. Like, this is like such a, a gift and an opportunity. And then I try because God, I feel like is so generous to me. I'm like, how can I be over generous to these people who are helping me succeed in life so much. And so it really drives this factor of generosity. Um, an example, yesterday, one of my um, members messaged me and she's like, well, what about, like there was a situation going on. And I said, well, you know, here's how I feel about it. And she goes, you're you're way more generous than I would be. I guess that's just, <laughs> like she she was like, why would you even do that? And I'm like, well, the point is, is for me to help you. And if it's helping you, I mean, y'all are helping me. So why would I not want to over help you? And so, um, so I don't know if that answered the question or not, but I think like success wise, we have to, to remember it is a different feeling because we've never experienced it before. Maybe we've experienced little, little bits of success here and there, but once it really starts happening, it's, it's crazy because you do have to reframe your mind into this is gratitude and be thankful for it versus the feeling of okay, I'm going to be broke forever. And let me just be scared and terrified and ruin it and self-sabotage. You know, we don't want to do that. We want to, we can't help people if we can't stay successful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it is so much around, yeah, like expanding into the new identity, like, and to be able to maintain, sustain, and then grow from there. Um, another kind of way to think about it is the upper limit. You know, I was just telling a girlfriend a couple of weeks ago, I was like, She's like, how are you? I was like, I am so good. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I think I'm at my upper limit around like, I was like, and just the awareness of it because- in the past, like when I've been more unconscious or wasn't aware of that, like I did self-sabotage and like, no, I'm not going to do that this time. Like I get to, I'm going to keep leaning in to expand my capacity to receive more uh, goodness. You know, like you're saying around God giving the present, it's like, wow, like, okay, this is the new normal. And like, where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's in every area, right? The potential money, love, health, connection. I mean, right. Service all of the different areas.
1: Yeah. I love that. I've never heard of it. It's called upper. You said upper level,
0: upper limit. There's a book. I'll find it. There's a whole book that talks about it where it's like, you know, uh, so, um, but I think it was Marie Forleo on a podcast or something once said that, like when her, you know, what, one of her first launches was like super successful. And it was just like, you know, it just is so much to the system, like, whoa, like life before life after. Um, I know for myself, I'm really experiencing that in my love life. And it's so, um, it's definitely been like pushing the limits of my nervous system. I'm like, whoa, I get to let go of all the old attachments of like what used to be, you know, and like really align with like this, the new, the new normal and really like, you know, exhale into it. So, um,
1: I like how you explain that. Like it's like that new level or that new normal. And then you go up from there, you know, because again, we have that, we have that choice to self sabotage and go back down to the level we're comfortable at where we've always been, mm-hmm. or we can go, no, this is what like we made a line in the sand. One of, one of my biggest things, especially is starting to be financially successful is like, we don't. We don't have car payments. Like, we buy a car in cash. Like, that is how it's done because having a car taken from you is, is you know, detrimental and, and it's not fun. And so I remember just being like, and, and it was funny because we were getting Pixie's um, car for her 16th birthday. My daughter's 16. And um, and I was it was just one of these proud moments. We had her save like $2,000 and we told her, okay, whatever you save will double. We were kind of doing the Dave Ramsey thing. But of course, we were going to do more because we could. Um, but we still wanted her to have like a piece of the pie in it. Like we wanted to have her have some stink in it. So she saved $2,000. And then we surprised her with this car. Well, before that, Bobby had found another car. And the dealership was telling him that the only way to get this car is you have to do it through a loan. And He came home and said that to me. And I was like, bullshit. (laughs) No, we're not sitting here making the money we're making. And we're going to get a loan for our 16-year-old's used car. Like, I don't care what kind of, like thing he is saying that will happen. I said, no, absolutely not. And I don't have emotional attachments to vehicles like my husband does. He has very emotional <laughs> attachments to vehicles. And so I'm like, <laughs> not happening. And then a few weeks later, we found the perfect vehicle and paid cash for it. But it was just this like line in the sand, like before car payments, car payments, car payments, boundary set, never again will I do a car payment like it was just this line in the sand and i i love the feeling of that because then it does allow you okay now we can up level to the next thing you know what's 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 next and it's kind of exciting
0: Oh my gosh, that is, I can totally see Bobby. Well, I got to ride in his really nice truck that one time uh, when we first moved from California to Texas and you took us out on your boat and got to get in the big truck and I can totally see him getting attached to the deal. But I found the car. Yes. (laughs) But I found it. And
1: speaking of, we had to get a different truck. On the way home, that very next week, we had to get a different track. And he said, and I said, nope, if we can pay cash for it, we'll buy it. But we're not buying it unless we can pay cash. It was well, crazy. But yeah, it is really, it's interesting. And it's mm-hmm. something I want to say to um, you yeah. is the definition of success. Like, I think as you start to to go through, like for anyone listening, and I know some of them are listening, are way more successful than than. I am and you are. And, but then there's people that are still, you know, doing the the grind, all of that. And I think, um, we have to remember like those big end crazy goals are not what we're going towards. It's really the, um, the process like of who you're becoming. And I know people say it and it sounds cheesy, but it's so true. Like I've hit some pretty big goals recently and it's like, why isn't anybody throwing me a parade? Like, what? Like, why is there not more talk about? And, and you got to realize, like, it's it's not about that. Like, it's about, you know, the process of of making things happen. But really, I'm figuring out how to celebrate yourself in the process of that. Because there's really, I mean, even your family, they're going to say congrats or that's awesome. But they're not going to really sit there and dwell on it. Like, oh, cheers to you. You've done so fabulous. Let's talk about it for an hour. No, they're moved on, you know, where you're like, something cool just really happened. (laughs) So I remember years ago, I called you and it was right after one of my really, really hard launches. And um, I remember it was not that significant in the fact of the numbers, but I remember it was significant in the fact of the conversions of what it was. And I told Bobby and he's like, well, you've been doing that for a while. And then I called Sasha and I was like, you will not believe what happened. And you were like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that. Like we both got it. Like we both knew like that was another stepping stone towards something really cool. So I don't know. It's great to have entrepreneurial friends.
0: (laughs) It totally is. And actually, I'm so glad you bring this up because I wanted to ask you about like how important your support systems have been and continue to be in your life. Like you have a really supportive, involved husband. You've been together for so long, you you know you go choose coaches and masterminds strategically on and off, and so and then of course who you surround yourself with. I've gotten to see some of your amazing artists, mastermind friends. Or you all like rent the house once a year, I think, or something. So, could you speak into how important support systems have been and continue to be for you?
1: Yeah. So my husband. Oh my gosh, I'm so thankful for him. And um, he we've been married twenty. Six years? I don't know. A long time. (laughs) I got married as soon as I turned eighteen, and so we've been together forever. And he um he's always believed in me more than I believed in myself. And I think that's been um I think that's been really really rare and awesome. Like I I know a lot of people don't have have that you know, and I I hate that for other people that may not have that, but. He's always, I don't know if it's just I've always been such a hustler and just, you know, getting it done. But but um I remember this um past fall, like I had over scheduled, overbooked, um, fourth quarter. I mean, imagine a creative overscheduling in fourth quarter during the busiest paint party season and and all of the different things we had done. And um, and I I was crying one night. So I was like, I I over schedule, like I be oversold. I mean, we had just the biggest launch of our our career, like just all of these things, were all great. I mean, it was all great things that had happened. All the things I've been praying for, but it all happened in like a three week time period. <laughs> so it was just a lot. And um, and Bobby, he looked at me and he was like, he was like, it doesn't matter if the deadline's tomorrow. Like we will figure it out. We will stay up all night if we have to. Like we got this. Like the Easley's got this. And and my daughter's the same way. You know, she now that she's sixteen and. Um, she actually works for us. And so, you know, she has a certain amount of hours she has to do every week. So that way we can still travel and do what we want to do while she's still in the house. And so instead of having her at a job where we can't do anything, we, you know, now that we can kind of be where we want to be. And um, so she helps and then she's always like, I just leave a list and then she gets it done. And so having them to always yeah. know they have my back has been instrumental. And then, um, I think having friends, friends like you and then my creative friends, we meet up twice a year and we always rent a house and we, we do masterminding where we look at each other's business and we help each other out. And that's been huge because a lot of times I think you just get really lonely and you feel like you're not really sure if you're doing the right thing. And then you can send it to a friend or go check this out. Is this on par? Like what is going on? And they'll They'll kind of set you straight, you know, and tell you if things. Oh, that's great. Or wait, where are you going with that? I don't understand. <laughs> so I think it's great to have a support system for anybody that doesn't have one. And mm-hmm. um, one of the things that especially in the paint party world is like once you start mm-hmm. making. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Okay. And um, once you start, like I always tell people, if they don't have a support system, once they start making money and they show their spouse like, hey, I made this in one night, you know, and. And then it changes things. So I think a lot of times, like, you know, we can have that um, feeling of, okay, this is going to work, but nothing's happening. But once they actually start seeing the results of it, then they're like, oh, wait, this is working, you know, this does happen. And so, yeah, it's big. I think it's very important to find people that are like-minded for sure. Mm -hmm, 100%.
0: And I've really been hearing just such a return to self-organizing masterminds, like you're talking about with your creative friends. where. Did am I remembering correctly, that you did meet in a paid mastermind, but then you authentically formed friendships and then created your own self-organizing group, right? Yes, yes definitely. Yeah, and that's really because, you know, that's something that, definitely, I hear you know, I hear from women in this community is like, gosh, I just really want my sisters. I really want. And so sometimes people try to create those pods with people just like pulling them from different places, but not everyone's like on the same frequency or they haven't learned how to invest in themselves. And so I'm always a big believer in like, invest even if it's one time like one year with a high level mastermind because of the networking and as long as you feel like a resonance with the values and the leader like you are and you put yourself out there and show up to the events like you are bound to meet friends that could last a lifetime
1: right and I do think um like we have a we have like a little mastermind you should probably try to come to it at our next meeting okay. it's like a it's like a Texas you know it's like a, a group of like eight or nine of us in Texas. And uh, we try to meet once a month. But I do have to say, because it is that one self-formed, right? Okay. There's nobody really leading it. A lot of times those meetings get canceled. And so to have some, you know, one that you've paid for, that is structured, that somebody's going to lead you through trainings, all of that is so, so valuable. So, um, so I really highly, I'm with Sasha on that. Like definitely get yourself in a mastermind. And if you don't have you, if you've never been in one before. And it makes, you know, it makes kind of pushes you to see that, oh my gosh, there is potential for way more than what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh yeah, totally. Just blows the lid off of it. When you're talking earlier about focus on possibilities, not lack. I know for myself, because I'm choosing not to be in work with a coach or be in any masterminds. I haven't been for a year and I'm not going to for 2023. And I, you know, you shared a little bit about what you have going on too. So I really believe there's like on time and off time, but that first High level mastermind that I invested in it just it it like uh, a thousand times, xed my what I thought was possible. I just didn't even know that people were creating results and lifestyles like that. It just you know it just blew my mind and really did it. It motivated me to um, to go for it in some different ways. So.
1: Yeah, it's insane when you when you see it's almost like the person who did the mile in four minutes or whatever. Once it happened, then everybody started doing it, right? Not me. <laughs> I'm not a runner. But Maybe right? you know It's the same way. It's like, okay, um, you know, is it possible to make so much money in one day? And then all of a sudden, you hear of people doing that. And then you're like, wait a minute, I can do that, too. If they did it, I can do it, too. And let me just follow what they've done. And so that's been really, really cool. And um, to see like, When you do see somebody actually having a great life and doing these cool things and maybe generationally in your family, that hasn't been the case. And so you haven't had those examples. And so a lot of times stepping outside your comfort zone and going to those masterminds, you see these examples of people living lives, you know, and and again, it's not always about like the private jets and stuff like that. It's about like having a cool family vacation, you know, and things that maybe weren't possible before. And that you can learn how to make the money to afford the things you want, where my teacher salary would have never, never done the things we could have done. We'd still have car payments if I was still being, you know, if I was still a teacher. So, and I don't know, I just love the idea of expanding your mind like that.
0: Totally. Yeah. Well, definitely what we're up to here in uh, the Exploring All of the Sacred podcast is a lot of women are looking to create freedom, like have a home on some land, be off grid, grow their own food, be able to go on vacation when they want, buy what they want, you know, just really have that beautiful like work-life. I mean, work-life balance is a little cliche, but, you know, not being hyper drive. And so actually that would probably be a good closing point is like, how do you balance that for for yourself? Like, how do you, you know, being so ambitious, how do you also take care of yourself and have like that work-life balance?
1: Um, so at this point in my life, I don't believe there's a work-life balance. <laughs> I, I still, I still have not figured that out. And I always tell people when I figure that out, I will tell everybody. Yes. <laughs> but, um, but I once heard somebody say, um, the way somebody else rests, isn't the way you particularly rest. So for example, my husband's version of rest is laying in bed, watching Netflix for eight hours. And that's his off day. And I'm like, that just makes me feel like I'm sick. Like that's what I do if I'm sick. I go lay in bed for eight hours and I eat soup. And now I'm sick. Like I just, that to me feels like I'm sick. And so um, my off time, I've gotten better with like scheduling, you know, a vacation or off time to have, you know, try to take, Take my brain off of work, um, but I haven't figured it out just yet. Um, but I will say I have done a better job of setting boundaries of okay. Here's when I'm fully going to be present and working, and here's when I'm okay going to go with Pixie and go have lunch or whatever that that looks like. So I'm still trying to figure it out, Sasha. I don't have it fully t- fully together, and I think that has to do with um, work is fun for me. Like going to paint something new you know i was i was just paint i just washed my hands but i had red and pink paint all over my hands right before this interview because i was working on something that was work but it's so fun it's so fun and it's hard when it's fun to so separated, or to be like, well, I can go do that and make several thousand dollars. And it took me an hour. And you want me just to sit here and eat soup and watch TV? No, like, I'd rather go do that. Like, so it's really, really hard for me right now. And also, I have that feeling still. Of, and that goes back to the post traumatic broke syndrome. I think, I think some of that's like, well, right now the momentum is great. And I get, again, the fear, the fear creeps in. And that's something I'm working on. But Will it go away? You know, and, and I have to remember, okay, if it does go away, I'm a risk taker, I'll build it again, you know, I'll just have to start again. Yeah,
0: definitely. And that that self-trust, right? Like once we've done it once, we know we can do it again. And that's the piece. I love you've touched on the journey, you know, really is about the journey. I agree hundred percent and who we become. And once we have that access point, it's like, yeah, life happens. Circumstances are out of our control sometimes. And so it's like really that that faith and that knowing, like, oh yeah, I've got that, I can. I can just do it again. And so I love that. And then on the work-life balance piece too. Yeah. I don't believe I I have my own opinions on it. I really think it all evens out at the end because (laughs) there are seasons, like I've been in a chapter, a season where I am very quiet and slow. And me five years ago would have been shocked that this was even possible. Cause it was like, go, 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 go. go." And I was just like faster, the, the better. And just, you know, but, it, and that was authentic. And like the chapter I've been now has been much more contemplative and that's just as authentic too. So, um, I love that, that rest looks different for everybody. I'm thinking of that quote too, like when you do what you love, you never work a day in your life.
1: Mm-hmm. And it
0: sounds like you're really, um, living, living that. So, um, anyway for for you listening here if you would like to connect with Heidi you can go to TexasArtandsoul.com. she's got amazing um amazing stuff over there helping you make money teaching paint parties online and in person she has a live event coming up an annual event I'm hoping to make it this year um so you can go check out what she's up to there
1: awesome thank you so much for having me this was so fun yeah thank
0: you Heidi talk to you soon